The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use promo code NFCBEAST for 15% off, which is active until the next time the Eagles or the Giants lose a game. Yo, DeGenerinos, and welcome to part two of our UFC 280 betting preview. This is the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 227. Um, let's send it out to Ahmed Vert, who's making a return on, on this fight card. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then, you know, do the research, bro. Do the research. Thank you for coming to the show. I am one of your hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox, the chalky half. Even though I, I did pick a dog last episode that my... Um, my dog happy um, co-conspirator here, Daniel Gumby Reeland, did not go in on. So who knows? Maybe I've changed my ways. Um, didn't work for me last last uh, event, but maybe it will this week. This week, as I said off the top, is we're talking about UFC 280. We covered the prelims last episode. If you missed that, make sure you go back and get in on that. There's eight bites in the prelims, and we got picks for all of them for you. Um, we even disagree on a couple of them. So make sure you listen to that. Uh, we are up to, as I said, up to the main card portion of UFC 280, which is a stacked main card, not a dud in the batch. And we'll also give you our recommended plays and our parlay at the end, a big, fat two-fight parlay, which will win you lots and lots of money. I say we are parlay because it's it's our show, but it's really Gumby's parlay. So let's bring him in and let him talk. It's the one and only Daniel Gumby Reeland. Hello. It, it's not just my parlay. It's not just your parlay. It's the people's yeah. parlay. It's, it's the true. super fan John Hungry Man parlay. Yes. Uh, so like, let's, yeah, it's everybody's parlay. It is. It's the people's parlay. It is It is true. Um, all right, UFC 280 stacked. Um, two title fights, and then basically, I say three de facto number one contender fights. Do you think all three of them are number one contender fights? I guess it probably depends on who wins them, right? Um, I think two of them are, and yeah. I think one of them, based on something Dana White just said, is oh, right. uh, yes. undoubtedly not. So sadly, Benil Dariush versus Matthews Gamrot, which probably should be a number one contender fight. Yeah. Like if we're being honest, like the winner of that is probably the most deserving for a title shot. Um, is going to get passed up for Alexander Volk or uh, Volkanovski. So yep. instead, we're going to see the winner of that probably against a. Uh, Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier type, uh, and then they're going to have to fight one more time for their, their rightful shot. Dana White says it makes sense. Volkanovski next, next, but why does it make sense, Dan? Lightweight it, has it plenty does. of contenders. Featherweight has plenty of contenders. Why do we have to have someone switch so, qu- Real quick question. I'm going to press you on this one. Does <laughs> Featherweight have tons no, of No, not Featherweight. That, that's after, after those words came out of my mouth, I, I kind of uh, wanted to backtrack. No, Lightweight is, is jam-packed, though. Yeah, I, I, and, and I'll say this. Lightweight is jam-packed, but, like, so Darius and, and Gamrot seem to be, like, the most obvious, like, waiting-in-the-wings type, right? But they're actually not all that high up in the rankings, largely because there's a bunch of guys towards the top who haven't aren't really willing to fight a Benil Dariush type. Like right yeah. now, Benil Dariush is number six. Matthews Gamrot's number nine. 
So, you know, like if one of those two were to beat a Dustin Poirier or a Justin Gaethje or a Michael Chandler, guys in the top five, sure, we'd be talking about them right away. But both of these guys are outside of the top five. And that kind of just feels like, hey, maybe you're right. Maybe it is time to get one of whoever wins that fight a chance against Poit, let's say Poirier or let's say Gaethje and give Volkanovski his shot because Volkanovski has largely cleaned out that division, right? He beat the hell out of Max Holloway. I don't feel good about Yair Rodriguez enough to give him another shot. Nope. You know, he, he just beat Ortega. Um, you know, I guess uh, is, is Josh Emmett supposed to fight Yair Rodriguez or did I make that up in my head? It sounds like something that's going to happen. Yeah, it does sound, it, I, I think that is happening. And, and he, is it, is it for an interim title? No, not, not at this point. I don't think. Could, could it be? Well, I swear I remember for sure, do we? I swear I remember hearing that booked and now I'm looking at Chapology and it's not on either of their pages. So like maybe I dreamed it, but like that would be a good fight. We already have Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen. Make that a four person tournament. Yair versus Emmett, Cater versus Allen. The winners of those square off. And that gives us time to get, first of all, the number one contender actually out of all of it. And it gives us time to get Volkanovsky his title shot as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think, I think it's actually a reasonable super fight, but that may also be because I love Alexander Volkanovsky and want to see him, uh, fight for as many titles as he can. Yeah, no, I do too. Uh, as, as a fan, I, I don't mind seeing him fight for that for sure. Just think it's, and, and then if he wins, it causes even more problems because you have, uh, him at the top of two divisions. And yeah, so it, it's problems for anybody who's, who's in those divisions, um, open to get a title shot anytime soon that's all so anyhow he may get a title shot this weekend for all we know someone yeah. may not someone may not make weight you never know Volkanovski is the backup for the main event this week so um all right let's get cracking on that after i tell you about win bet of course you're all used to me telling you about win bet i'm gonna tell you about it again um win just in case you haven't joined yet thinking of joining win bet now is the perfect time new customers who bet a hundred dollars get a hundred dollar free bet Look and join the WinBet biggest winners club. Whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet odds wise gets a thousand dollar free bet. Last week's winner of the biggest winners club was a New York better who hit a plus 15,066 parlay on all live money lines. He wagered 100, he or she wagered $110 and 40 cents. They won $16,743 and 56 cents. WinBet truly hashtag gens only. So much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet, free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, on to the big main card, UFC 280. It's going down in the Etihad, Etihad Arena, Abu Dhabi. United Arab Emirates this Saturday, not Saturday night though. No, it is. Well, it depends what part of the world you live in. Maybe it's Saturday night where you're listening to this. We are worldwide here as uh, I have, have to remember that um, Eastern time zone where I'm living in and where Gumby's living in, where the studios, the uh, MMA gambling podcast studios are 2 PM Eastern start time for a pay-per-view. How beautiful is that? Yeah, I'd love it. I'm a big fan. W- will your children let you watch it though? Uh, yeah, I- I'm more concerned about my wife letting me watch it because it uh, is her it is her birthday <laughs> oh really happy birthday to blank vreeland i won't i won't give her name out and dox her well that is exciting times dan what are you guys doing uh 
I, I'm going to try to watch a pay-per-view from a, <laughs> the front seat of a car on the way to a restaurant. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, you're going to try to, while she takes care of the kids, you're going to try to watch a pay-per-view. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Well, happy birthday to, to Mrs. Vreeland. All right. That's, um, Talia, who's fighting on her special day. We're going to start with women's flyweights. Caitlin Chukagian versus Manon Fioro, one of our favorites on this podcast. Uh, Chukagian, the blonde fighter, 18-4, two knockouts, one submission. She's been knocked out twice. 11-4 in the UFC. She won four straight fights. She was the CFFC champ twice. I think two weight classes, actually. Uh, used to fight at Bantamweight. Used to fight at Strawweight, as I blank here. Um, two inches of height, three inches of reach on Fia Rowe. She's outstruck. Her UFC opponents by 0.3 strikes per minute, plus 170 the number on her. Manon, the beast Fia Rowe, nine and one with six knockouts. She's never been finished in a fight. Four and only UFC. She's won nine straight fights after losing her debut, and she lost two in her debut. Um. Oh, man, it was I, somebody. I think I stumped you on this before. It's a known I, fighter. I don't know off the top of my head, but I it's do remember. Irish it. fighter in Bellator. Oh, is it um, is it Leah McCourt? Yes, Leah McCourt. She lost her. That, that's a is tough. She Northern one. Irish. Uh, we're gonna start that again, are we? Yeah, I think she's <laughs> Northern Irish. I, she is Northern which, Irish. She's I mean, that's Irish, but not not Irish Irish. Yes, <laughs> yes. So she's not lost since losing to Leah McCourt. Uh, she's got multiple regional championships on her mantle. Two years younger than Chukagian. Striking stats in her favor. She's one point four times more active landing strikes. She's outstruck her UFC opponents by four point zero eight strikes per minute. Grappling stats are uh, as well in Fioro's favor, minus 205. I usually kick off the main card. Obviously, I'm going with Fioro the Beast. Uh, she's one of our favorites here. Um, Jukagian's going to be trying to make it look like a cardio kickboxing fight, and Fioro's going to try to punch her head off, kick her head off. So, um, yeah, Fioro promises that this uh, she will win, and this will not be a boring fight. So I trust her. Um, she, yeah, she's just going to be too powerful uh, with the striking. Fiero is my pick here. Do you want to hear uh, an underrated way I actually think Manal Fiero is going to win this fight? Submission? She's going to get out of her on the ground. I, I really, truly do believe that. Uh, I, I think people sleep on how good the wrestling of Manal Fiero is. And, I, I mean, she scored... In her four UFC bouts combined, she scored six takedowns. She's got at least one takedown in every single one of her fights. She averages uh, two takedowns a fight based on based on cage time, right? Like it, it, per per 15 minutes, she averages 1.91 takedowns. So she she's scoring takedowns every seven and a half minutes, roughly. She scores a takedown. And the thing about Caitlin Chokagian, too, that we can always remember about her being on the mat First of all, she gives up tons of takedowns. She gave up three to Amanda Hebos and just recently won that fight. She gave up two to Jessica Andrade. She gave up three to Valentina when Valentina beat the hell out of her. She gave up three to Joanne Wood in a fight that I really thought she had lost until she had technically somehow won it by yelling "hiya" a whole bunch of times. Uh, yeah. She lost to Liz Carmouche by being out wrestled. Like, this is somebody who gives up takedowns. And the problem with the way that she gives up takedowns, too, is she has so much faith in her grappling abilities. And for good reason, she works with John Donaher and she works in the, the blue basement with, uh, well, it used to be the blue basement with John Donaher. He's, he's down in Texas now, I think, but like she used to work with John Donaher. She does still work with team Henzo Gracie in the blue basement. She, she loves her submission game and she believes in it. 
but that often leads to being on her back too long. And it's cost her fights in the past. I think Manolfi Rowe has the ability to go toe to toe with her in the striking and could win that fight. But I also think her advantage, if it hits the mat and her advantage in the wrestling is so wide that why not use that? Why not use that extra aspect of her game? The other thing about that is Manolfi Rowe has said in the past, I believe that I need a couple more fights to show what I'm capable of, to work on things, to show I'm ready for Valentina Shevchenko. What's a better way to show you're ready than to show a skill set that people don't actually believe you have? So I'm saying Faroe is going to win this fight. And I'm going to say watch out for her ground game because I think that's the difference maker here. Firo, we love Manon Firo. So yeah, she's going to... Uh, Chukagian gets uh, um, too much crap. Um, like, she she seems, seems to be the butt of every everyone's joke. And everyone seems to I, I love her for some reason, even though yeah, she's like, a nice person and she's very, very successful. But yeah, she's a points fighter. I guess that's that's the reason why. I think it's the point fighter thing. I think people love to to poke fun at the the kiosk when she's throwing <laughs> strikes. Like that, yes. that obviously gets a lot of heat. But I, I'll, I, I'm right there with you. I've... I've done an interview with Caitlin Chokagian. She's great. She's a fun interview. She's a nice person. Uh, and, and yeah, like I still here am rooting for Ferro and think uh, I think Ferro's got a lot of advantages in this fight. Kia for sure. All right, moving on. Lightweights. So that that definitely is a number one contender fight. You would think. I I, I think either. Uh, d- uh, despite who who wins, even if Chukagian wins, I can see her getting another title shot, especially if she beats Fiero. So I think that was definitely a number of contender fight. Yeah, this one, as Dan mentioned, the next fight uh, should be, but it it doesn't sound like it's going to be lightweights. Benio Dariush versus Matias Gamrot. I'm going to tell you about Dariush first. Once I get my spreadsheet here, he's 21, four and one, five knockouts, eight submissions, been knocked out three times, submitted once, 15, four and one in the UFC. He's won seven straight fights. He's not lost a fight since November of 2018. So we're coming up on four years of him being undefeated. Uh, he's not fought since May of 2021. He's missed weight in the past. Something to keep an, an eye on here. Was a, re, was a regional champion. Tw- 2009, he's been a pro MMA fighter since. He also is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion. Two inches of reach on Gamrot. He's outstrikes. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.22 strikes per minute. Uh, plus 165 the number on Dariush Gamrot Gamer 21 and 1 with one no contest. He's got seven f- knockouts, five submissions, never been finished in a fight. 4 and 1 in the UFC. He dropped his debuts, won four straight. Who did he lose to in his debut, Dan? Refresh our memories. Uh, matches Gamrot lost to, if, if you call it a loss, he lost to Garam Kutazaladze, but uh, I, I don't think he lost the fight. It was a split decision. I yeah. scored it for Gamrot. He had a ton of takedowns, a lot of top control time. Uh, and for some reason, they gave it to Tataladze. There you go. Okay. He was the KSW champion twice. Was two weight classes, I think. I th- yeah, because he's only lost one fight. So, yes, two weight classes he was a champ at. Uh, used to fight at Featherweight. That would be the other weight class. 2012, pro MMA debut. Uh, ADCC grappling a champion. year younger than Dariush. He's outstrikes his UFC opponents by 0.35 strikes per minute. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 200. So I, I'm going with Matthews Gamera. Uh, I, I, here's why. Uh, first of all, I think he's a better striker than Benil Dariush. Despite the fact that Benil Dariush had like two kind of crazy knockouts yeah. uh, a couple years ago, the Drakkar Kolosa one and the, the Scott Holtzman one, I just don't think he's as good of a striker as Matthews Gamera. And the other thing is, is I think he, while he is an exceptional jujitsu specialist, right? Like he is phenomenal at jujitsu. 
I just don't see the wrestling there to beat Matthews Gamrot, right? Gamrot went toe to toe with Armand Sakurian, a dude who is, first of all, both hyper athletic and a really great wrestler, right? And not only did he stuff a lot of Armand Sakurian's takedowns, he stuffed all but one. Sakurian shot eight takedowns. He got one takedown. And Gamrot, you know, had six. Uh, and granted, he shot a lot more uh, and did a lot less on the feet than than Sakurian did. But, like, he got after it with the grappling. And I just think Gamrot is the better wrestler here. So if Gamrot could choose where it goes, I, I bet he chooses to keep it on the feet and beat him there. And if he doesn't like how it's going on the feet, I think he's got the ability to take it down and stay out of submission trouble. Because like you said, he's an Abu Dhabi. Uh, it was a regional uh, Abu Dhabi yeah. that he won. He didn't actually win a, an ADCC, but like he won a regional uh, ADCC qualifying tournament, uh, which you don't do without phenomenal submission defense. And I think he's got that. So I don't think Darush, who by the way, hasn't subbed anybody in five fights. And that was Frank Camacho. And I don't think his takedown abilities have the ability to get Gamrot down. So, yeah, I'm going with Gamrot. By the way, here's a fun fact, too. Guess when the last time Benil Dariush scored half of his takedowns in a fight? Oh, he that's one of the things I was going to say about him. He he hasn't really been as active as, as we would have hoped. He's, he hasn't fought in over a year now. So last time, say 2018. 2019, October okay. 2019 was the last time he scored 50% of his takedowns and it was against Frank Camacho. So like, yeah, it, it's not like, here. yeah, you got stuffed. He, he got stuffed a bunch of times against Dracar Closa and Scott Holtzman. That's a huge alarm. Cause if you get stuffed by those two guys, you're getting stuffed by Matthews Gamrot. Yep. Uh, Gamrot is my pick as well. Um, I think he's better pretty much everywhere. Better cardio um, as well. You know, like I said, Darius kind of seems like he's kind of stalled. Like he, he had some steam going, but then he's been sitting on the sidelines for so long now. Um, yeah, Gamrat really opened a lot of eyes his last fight. So he is my pick as well. Um, no House Advantage is, is one of my picks as well as I open up the ad read and tell you about No House Advantage. They're changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Playing pick and contests versus other people for the shot at winning a quarter million dollars or more in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and win 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now for pro, for pro with promo code SGPN at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the App Store to get a first deposit match up to 25 bucks. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Remember promo code SGPN. If you're like me and there's a foreign language that you regret not learning in school, it's never too late to start with Babbel. Babbel is a language learning app that's sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can finally cross learning that new language off of your list. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson. So you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts and voiced by real native speakers, not computers. The teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. There's so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts and games, videos, stories, and even live classes. 
Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash SGP. That's babbel.com slash SGP for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. All right, where are we moving to now? Bantamweights, Piotr Yan versus Sean O'Malley. You may know him as Sugar Sean. Let's tell you about him first. He is 15-1 and one with one no contest, 11 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once. 7-1 with one no contest in the UFC. 3-0 and with one no contest over his last four fights. Last fight was a no contest. Uh, he's won his last five. His last five victories have come via knockout or TKO. One um, no in the contender series. Used to fight at flyweight. It's hard to imagine, but it's true. One no is a pro boxer. He's got four inches of height, five inches of reach, and he's a year younger than Yan. Striking stats in his favor. He's 1.4 times more active landing strikes. He's outstruck his UFC opponents. Check this out by 4.27 strikes per minute. So that's very, very, very impressive. Plus 225 is the number on him. Piotr, no mercy. Yan, 16 to 3, seven knockouts, one submission. Never been finished in a fight. He's 8, eight and 2 in the UFC. Used to be the champion. He's got 1 and 2 over his last three fights. He's got loss, win, loss. Both losses to Aljamain Sterling. He was the ACB champ before this. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.57 strikes per minute. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 2. 80. Give me Yan. Grappling is going to be the name of the game. He's definitely a better grappler than O'Malley. He can really crack on the feet as well. Um, he's no slutch at all in the striking. I'm not sure if he's going to want to get into a striking battle with O'Malley or not. Um, but yeah, his combination striking, grappling, strength, and experience um, is, I think is going to be too much for O'Malley. At this point in his career, he's never fought anyone close to this level. So give me the chalk. You know what I think he's going to do to him? I think he's going to rip Sean O'Malley's leg absolutely apart. Really? Um, blood yeah. spew all over, all over the place? Yeah, it's just going to it's just gonna be bone in piles of blood. Because Oh, boy. Here's the thing. Piotr Jan, not a dude who's kicked legs a lot in his career. If you like, look back, he's, you know, we're talking like 10 to 12 leg kicks per fight in all of his fights. But do, do you know Sean O'Malley ate 26 leg kicks in that fight with Pedro Munoz? I can picture it, it right now, actually. Yeah. Yeah, do you, do you know how many significant strikes Pedro Munoz landed in that fight? How many? 26. Um, so, like, it's very clear what the book is on Sean O'Malley, right? Like, he yep. lost to Marlon Vera largely because of leg kicks. He was losing to Pedro Munoz on some judges' scorecards due to leg kicks. And Piotr Jan just happens to be one of the smartest fighters in the UFC. Um, you know, like, his game planning is impeccable. I love the way that he changes his game plan based on who he's fighting. I think he's going to come in there. I think he's going to rip Sean O'Malley's legs apart early in the fight. And if it's working to the point where it slows O'Malley down and makes it so O'Malley can't throw any power strikes, then he'll get more aggressive. And if it doesn't work that way and it just softens him up a little bit, then he hits the takedowns on legs that can't defend him. So I I think Piotr Jan is going to get Sean O'Malley out of there in either the second or the third round after he's beat him up with leg kicks or ground and pound or whatever it is. Okay, Dan promises... Limbs being ripped off in blood. Lucky this is on the pay-per-view portion because I'm not sure if ESPN will want to air that. So, okay. ESPN, ESPN aired the the replay of Tua Tagliavola getting his his brain destroyed a couple of times, and they zoomed in on his hands all like frozen up. So I, I feel like they can they can deal with Sean O'Malley's leg after this fight. All right. Um, I know it's going to end up on your phone. That's for sure. Um, all right. Co-main event, a title fight. Uh, not a vacant title, a real title. Aljamain Sterling, the aforementioned Aljamain Sterling, will be defending his title against TJ Dillashaw. 
the former champions. So we have three current or former Bantamweight champions on this card in back-to-back fights. Um, the challenger first, Dillashaw, 17-4, eight knockouts, three submissions. Been knocked out twice, 13-4 in the UFC. He's 5-1 and one over his last six. He did win his last fight. That was back in July of 2021. As I said, used to be the champion. He was on the shelf for two years from like 2019 to 2021 or so. Yes, that's exactly when it was due to failed drug tests. He was 3-0 and in the Ultimate Fighter before losing in the final. 2010 was his problem May debut. More active line strikes in Sterling. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.99 strikes per minute. Very nice number there. Grappling stats in his favor as well, plus 150. The champ, Aljamain Funk Master Sterling. Aljo, you can call him as well if you like. He's 21-3. and three, Two knockouts, eight submissions. He's been knocked out once. 13-3 and three in the UFC. He is the champion. He's won seven straight fights. He was the CFFC and Ring of Combat champion before this. His mantle's chock full of, of uh, belts as well. He used to fight up at Featherweight. 2011 was his pro May debut. He's got an inch of height, four inches reach on Dillashaw. He's also three years younger. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by plus 2.32 strikes per minute, so even better than Dillashaw. Minus 180, the number on the champion. You, you know, I have both a mantle and a and a belt, and, and I my belt's not on my mantle. Really? What, yeah. What's your belt for? Grappling? Yeah, I, I want an expert division of a tournament around Ooh, me once. Well yeah, and I got a I got a belt, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, everybody, yeah, as, as a kid, you always want a championship ring. And yeah, a belt. of course. Those those are the two things you want, and I got one yeah. of I, I got I got one of each for for various things. But uh, it's not on my mantle. Weirdly well, enough, is gonna is gonna go in your mantle now. I, I'm thinking about it. My mantle okay. is right here next to where I'm recording. Yeah, uh, I could I could put it right here. But um, anyway, uh, that's that's <laughs> off topic. I'm taking Aljamain Sterling here, uh, and here's why I'm taking Aljamain Sterling. First of all, I think TJ Dillashaw lost to Corey Sanhagen. I do yeah. not think he beat Corey Sanhagen. And in addition to thinking that he lost to Corey Sanhagen, why is this fight taking so long to be rebooked? You know, like this has been, it's been 16 months since he fought Corey Sanhagen. Do you remember why it's taken so long for TJ Dillashaw to fight again? Um... I can't remember. Corey Sanhagen destroyed his knee with a submission attack. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Really? It, I thought he was just waiting for a, see, I forgot that. No. Yeah. He, he got his knee destroyed by Corey Sanhagen who went for a submission and was deep enough on it to nearly bust TJ Dillashaw's leg. And with all that being said, he's about to fight somebody who is way better at jujitsu than Corey Sanhagen is right? Way better at jujitsu than Corey Sanhagen. And I'll also say this, if you go back and you look at all of the, the people that Dillashaw has fought, he's really never fought somebody ever who both has the wrestling credentials that Aljamain Sterling does and the jujitsu credentials, right? Like you can go back and you can look, okay, he fought, he fought Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz has got like one submission in his whole career. He's a great wrestler, but not much for jujitsu. He also fought Joe Soto, a guy who's fought in EBIs and all kinds of grappling competitions. Great black belt, but he's got none of the wrestling, right? Like he's got none of the wrestling that goes along with that. And he had none of the striking to offer Dillashaw. I was on short notice, all kinds of things. He's fought guys with both of the credentials, but never all of it together. And maybe the closest person to putting it all together was Corey Sanhagen, who nearly busted the dude's knee. So I actually think Aljamain Sterling here, is going to have a big advantage on the mat in a way that we've never seen TJ Dillashaw get manhandled. And I think he's going to control him there the entire fight and possibly even give him his first submission loss. Whoa. Yeah. I, I'm agreeing with a lot of that. I'm picking uh, Sterling as well. Are we just picking against Dillashaw? Cause he's so unlikable though. 
he is really he is really unlikable but if you've been on the internet recently too aljermaine sterling uh according to to many is slowly becoming unlikable as well so uh it's true yeah i mean like if you spend enough time on the twitter.com uh (laughs) you you'll hate just about everybody other than jillian decorsi yeah there you go very true all right Will we agree on the main event? Let's see. This is for the vacant lightweight championship. Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makashev. Um, and we're going to tell you about Dobronx first. Charles Oliveira, the former champ who lost his belt on the scale his last fight. He's 33-8 and eight with one no contest. Nine knockouts, 21 submissions on his resume. He's been knocked out four times, submitted three times. 21-8 and eight with one no contest in the UFC. Used to be the champion, as I said. He's won 11 straight fights. He's not lost his fight since December of 2017, so he's on quite a roll. He's on three straight fights via finish. He's missed weight four times, though, including his last fight. He used to fight at featherweight. He used to fight at welterweight. 2008 was his pro MMA debut. Four inches reach on Makashev. He's 1.6 times more active landing strikes. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.35 strikes per minute, plus 160, the number on the former champ. Islam Makashev, 22 and 1, four knockouts, 10 submissions. He's been knocked out once. 11 and 1 in the UFC. He's won 10 straight fights. He's not lost a fight since October of 2015. So he's on an even bigger role uh, time-wise than Oliveira. Uh, he's won four straight fights via finish. 2010 was his debut in MMA. Two years younger than Oliveira. Striking stats in his favor. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.43 strikes per minute. Grappling stats as well in his favor. Minus 195 for Makashev. Uh, I'm going to do it. I'm pulling the trigger on the big underdog, former champ Charles Oliveira. He's made me a believer over his... Over this run, uh, he's no longer the guy who would quit in fights when the going got tough. This is He's the opposite of that. He's the guy who grinds out victories even when, you, when he's getting rocked or things are not going his way. Um, I think he's a better striker than Makashev. Um, he's fought a lot of tough wrestlers and beat them in the past, albeit none of them as good as, as Makashev, but he has beaten wrestlers before, and his grappling and submission skills are, are second to none. So even when if you do get him on the ground, you're not safe either. So I'm willing to roll the dice on a big dog here. Give me the former champ at plus 160. I think Makashev's getting unfairly getting the uh, Habib rub. Everyone's just assuming he's the second coming of Habib. Um, and I'm not sold on that quite yet. Do you know what the most obvious proof is that he's not the second coming of Habib? Um, what? I want you to go back to his fight with Davi Hamosh, which you might not remember that he ever was a long time ago. fought Davi Hamosh. It, it was a little while ago. He he fought Davi Hamosh. It actually wasn't as long ago as you think. It was about two years or three years ago. It was in 2019, okay. in September of 2019. He won a unanimous decision against Davi Hamosh. Three-round decision. Do you know how many takedowns he attempted in a fight against Davi Hamosh? 23. One. There you go. He attempted one takedown against Davi Hamosh. He was not successful. What does that tell me in that fight? Islam Makashev is not super confident in his defensive jujitsu. He is not super confident that a, a jujitsu world champion like Davi Hamosh won't take his neck home with him. And in those cases, he'd rather just point fight on the feet. He'd rather just throw hands because he's not super confident in the ground. I want you to imagine a situation where Habib Nurmagomedov didn't attempt more than one takedown, failed on his first takedown attempt, and was like, you know what? I'm cool. I don't want to be on the ground with this guy. Because that is the huge difference between these two, is that one of them goes to the ground when he's sure he wants to be on the ground with somebody, 
the other one goes to the ground no matter what, takes a guy down no matter what. And some of it, hey, it maybe Islam's got just like a little bit more faith in his hands than Habib did, but he is not a polished boxer, right? Like in that fight with Davi Hamosh, he landed 43 strikes in 15 minutes. You know, like that is, that's a low number. He's he's landed a punch less than, you know, what what is that? Less than three a minute? That That's ugly. And, you know, for me, the, the fact that he knows he doesn't want to be on the ground with Davi Hamosh, why would you then only a few years later want to be on the ground with Charles Oliveira, a dude yeah. who has applied those jujitsu skills so much better to MMA? And I'll tell you this, if he doesn't want to be on the ground with Charles Oliveira, I got some bad news for him because he's going to be outmatched on the feet. Charles Oliveira has got a great chin. Charles Oliveira is a guy who has stood toe-to-toe with Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, and he's hurt all of them. And, and that, to me, is the difference maker here. I, I think Charles Oliveira is going to have a massive advantage on the feet. I think if it does hit the ground, I think he's going to absolutely surprise Makashev with what he's able to do with him on the mat. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Charlie Olive takes him down because we've seen that before. Makashev gave up a takedown to Armin Sakurian. He gave up one to Tiago Moises. He could give up one to Charles Oliveira. And let me tell you something. This dude does not want to be on his back against Charles Oliveira. So, yeah, give me Charles Oliveira. I think he gets it done. And I'm going to throw this out there. I think he gets it done inside distance. Whoa. This is no fun, though. You're stealing. Uh, you, you're copying my my big underdog pick, Dan. No fun. Actually, uh, we copied each other's picks for this whole main card. We both have Oliveira, Sterling, Yan, Gamrot. Fiero. So that are that is our picks. Um for just the straight up money line picks. We're gonna get you some recommended plays in a sack after I tell you about Fubo TV. If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games and 4K at no extra charge. Over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watching all your devices and never miss the game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR, plus there's no contract, no commitment. You can cancel it anytime. Right now, you can try Fubo TV free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to fubotv.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. And last but not least, Odds Trader. What is Odds Trader? You may ask. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different signup codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather betters to make the most informed bets possible it also has a bet tracker so betters can keep records of all your games and betting activity go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire oddstrader the number one site for all your game day bets okay this is the part of the show where we do our recommended plays um dan usually gets crazy with his and i'm super conservative with mine and i'm ahead of him but not by a huge amount he can still catch up so let's let's see what he goes with today we're going to start with the gumby man go ahead uh, I'm going to be a little bit more conservative than I was last time. I, okay. I, I got a little over my skis last week. So this <laughs> week, I'm going to start with the one I'm most confident in. I'm going to take Abubakar Nurmagomedov over Gadzi Omar Gadzayev. Uh, I believe we put that at negative 165. Yeah. Yep, and I'm, I'm going to take 45 bucks on that one. I, oh, I think right. he gets that one done. Give me half of my bankroll, 50 bucks on the, the beast. Menon Firo minus 205. Um yeah, she's getting the job done here. No problem. Probably via finish, but I, I, I try not to get fancy with props and stuff on recommended plays. I try to give you guys safe plays. So uh, put all your money on Menon Firo to win. 
Chokagian's pretty hard to finish too. I, yeah. I think that that's probably a smart play. She, like, what, she's lost four times. Twice. Uh, yeah, twice via knockout. And it was in Draj and Shevchenko. So if she winds up in that same camp, we're, we're really talking about uh, Firo being uh, the beast that her nickname state she is. Um, for my next pick, I'm going to take Kai Bohio. Uh, we, we put him at negative 200, I believe. Is that what we said? Um, let me see. Mine is 230. I'm sorry. Ooh, 230. That number yeah, has changed by the way. Uh, yeah, that number has changed by the way. So if you are hearing this, uh, you can get a better price than that. I'll play Good. Jeff's game. Go get I'll it. Play, I'll play Jeff's game and I'll take, uh, negative 230, but I'm going to take him for 40 bucks. I, I hey, think that's what uh, it was when we recorded the last show, dude. Yeah, 40 bucks. you're going big on the, on your first two picks there. OK, yeah, I'm um, seeing just just for the record, too, for yep. for most people looking, he did open at negative 240 and or 250 in some places. He's down to negative 200 in a lot of places. So uh, if you wait just a little bit longer, Muradov might be getting that, uh, you know, Eastern European sounding name rub here, much like a lot yeah. of the other guys are. Wait just a little while longer. See if that number comes down on Kaibo, Ohio, because you might be able to get that in the one hundreds and right then you're stealing money from the books. Stealing. That's what, that's what we're here for. Uh, give me 30 under Maga made of money line. All Go ahead. right. Uh, so that was negative one sixty five, yeah. 30. You're Maga made of. All right. So I'm down to just 15 bucks. I'm going to use a, a couple of props here uh, to try to, to hit it big here. My first one, I'm going to take Lucas Almeida which I already said I was going to take him over Zabira Tukugov. I'm going to take him by knockout, though. Uh, his knockout prop right now, plus 650, wow. which I think is, yeah, that's, that's a big, insane. that's a pretty big spot. Um, yeah. it, and I think if he wins this fight, which yeah. we, we we both predicted him to, spoiler alert, you can go back and listen to the prelim episode. If he wins this fight, I think that's how he does it. So uh, I'm, I'm seeing it at plus 650 right now. Give me that. All right. How much you want on that, 10? I'll put 10 bucks on that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my last pick, 20 bucks, Carol Hosa, money line. I told you I'm boring. All right. And you got and five bucks your, left. What was that? Negative 330? Uh, 245. It was, it's not that bad, actually. It's, it's oh. a decent line. But yeah, that's that one. That one's not too bad. Uh, and that one's going up, by the way. So get on that okay. one uh, as quickly as you can. My last one, I'm going to take five Charles. Bucks. I'm going to take Charles Oliveira in either the third or the fourth round uh, is a prop I saw out there. Just in the third or the fourth round. Uh, it could could be a submission, could be a knockout, but I think yeah. uh, a lot of times he's been finishing fights quick. He's been going in there and getting people right out of there, and it's because they're super aggressive striker types, and he gets them to tire themselves out. I don't think Islam Makashev is going to fight that kind of fight where he can take advantage of it, but I do think he's going to slowly wear him down, and he's going to get to his neck as the fight progresses. If he finishes it in either the third or the fourth round, you can find that at plus 1,000. Wow, that's so five, such a huge payday for you. So five bucks on that, uh, I think it's worth the dabble. All right. So Gumby, he's got Namaga Madoff, money line, Bahia money line, Almeida via KO, Oliveira, third or fourth round, Jeff, Boring, Chalks, Fox, Fiero money line, Namaga Madoff money line, Rosa money line. Boom. That's it. We did it. But we're not done. Ho ho no. Super fan Jong brought something to our attention that we uh now, there's a road to UFC event uh, this Sunday. You you didn't let me do my super fan John. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Get super out of John. here, my man. All right, fine. Go ahead. We have a hunger man. John super fan parlay coming up as I'm trying to rush us out of here. Yeah, come on. Uh, all right. So I mentioned before, I think Piotr Jan is going to chew up Sean O'Malley. 
uh, and get the KO. Uh, that KO prop right now is plus 285. Um, and I've seen it, it. It's fluctuated up and down. You're going to find it at different numbers of the books. But the one I'm seeing right now, plus 285. Piotr Jan by KO. And I'm going to take Kyle Ohio inside the distance. I don't know if he's going to get the ground and pound finish or the rear naked choke finish. But it's plus 187 inside the distance. Um, and if so, if you pair Jan by KO and Bohio inside the distance, that's plus a thousand and five. All right. So Jan KO, Bohio inside the distance, plus a thousand and five. Now, can I rush us out of here? Yeah, now get us the hell out of here. All right. <laughs> well, well, what I was trying to say is, we have another episode that's going to come into your ears. How about we drop it? We as well drop it Friday. We're going to give you episodes Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday this week. And Sunday, Monday, we already did too. So uh, there's a road to UFC event coming up a continuation of the road to the ufc you may have remembered earlier in the year they're doing a little tournament with asian fighters um kind of like a contender series but a tournament style so they're doing the semifinals this weekend in abu dhabi um saturday night slash sunday early sunday morning like overnight 2 a.m eastern time or something like that so we're going to give you picks for that thank you super fan jong for bringing that to our attention so we're going to drop you a bonus episode it'll be in yours probably on friday as i said so we'll give you more winning picks there so uh, in the meantime, make sure you get in our Discord. It's lots of fun. Get in there. No matter what sport you're into, we got it all in sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord, as well on our site, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Read all our lovely articles on every sport. Listen to all our podcasts as well. Um, make sure you subscribe to the our, our official feed, MMA Gambling Podcast feed. You'd be a real buddy if you can listen to us on there. Help us bump the numbers up. Uh, Gumby's Top Turtle MMA Podcast is out there as we speak make sure you listen to this week's episode follow us on twitter sgp and mma gumby runs that account his account is gumby Vreeland. my account is jeff fox writer and get in my ufc 280 pick contest on my mma newsletter slash website would be moneymma.substack.com boom but uh, we'll say goodbye but it's not farewell we will be back as i said in your ears very very soon tomorrow as a matter of fact until then i will re- remain the blonde fighter, no, the balding podcaster, Jeff Fox. He, uh, my co-host, will remain Ahmed Burt, biggest fan, Gumby Vreeland. We'll talk to you on Friday. Bye.